A note to the reader. November the 13th, 1913. For years, I could not speak of what is written in these pages. It marked the change in my life, the death of the man I once was. Only now, as an ever-deepening fear of what is to come plagues me, do I feel compelled to write of all that I have seen. The account you are about to read is the only true one. If you wish to corroborate my story, perhaps with any journal of repute from the time, you will find little, if nothing, of what transpired some ten years ago. So strange was all that happened, many cannot even begin to comprehend it. Yet still I write this. Believe me or do not. Most think me a madman. On cold nights such as this, I often wish I were. Chapter 1. My Arrival, June the 17th, 1904 I embarked by train on a fine summer morning. The small windows in the first-class carriage were propped open, and, as the steamer gained pace, charging through the green pastures and twisting through the rolling landscape with thunderous rapture, a warm breeze, lined with mill-dust and soot, ebbed and swirled about me. It was a Friday. That Tuesday past I had apprehended a killer. The case in Oxford had taken longer than anticipated and had not been without its challenges. But my work had been done, and seeing a guilty man taken into custody rejuvenated me in a manner that no great elixir ever could. After only two short days at my residence in London, during which time I had received a letter asking for my assistance with a murder inquiry in South Wales, I was eager to return to my duties. Hence my fine mood upon departing from Paddington, greeting the kindly conductor who inspected my ticket as though he were an old friend. Following my connection at Chepstow, I must have dozed, however, for no sooner had I set my gaze out southerly, watching with a strange sense of envy as labourers toiled lazily in the fields, I was stirred by the clatter and rattle of the locomotive dropping speed and pulling into the station at Cardiff. It had been little more than an hour and a half, and whilst the day remained fine, the crisp blue sky had dulled substantially. I alighted at the short platform as a near-endless stream of coal transports ran along the main line back toward London. Many were headed from the valley routes in the north, the deep pits of the Ronda and Ebu Vale. Even over the din of freighters, the hustle of clerks and businessmen rushing to and fro across the narrow platform, I heard the tremendous booming and racket of the great docks just out of sight little more than a mile south from where I stood. Above the grimy rows of terraced houses, compacted and sprawling outward towards the dockyards, I made out the black pillars and white clouds of steam, the dragon's breath of industry, the goliaths that sailed across the Commonwealth from this mighty place. And a mighty place it was, for stood there amidst the chaos of it all, one could not help but feel a little overcome. This was the furnace, the heartbeat of the greatest empire in the world. 